Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 2022 State of the Park District Podcast with our theme of rebuilding and renewing. This episode is titled Successes and Challenges in Recreation, and I'm joined in the studio by quite a contingent, all of whom are veteran guests of the Park Talk Podcast. It's also sure to be a segment that's chock full of insights and information based on everyone that I have here. So I'm really excited for this episode. I hope you are as well. I'm pleased to welcome Brad Wilson, our Executive Director, Andrea Coates, Superintendent of Recreation, Kevin Carlson, Director of Golf, and Sue Stanish, Director of Finance. Thanks to all of you for being here. Thank you. Happy to be here. This is an important episode in which we're going to explore the successes and challenges in recreation, particularly over the past year as we continue to manage our operations, still in the midst of COVID, unfortunately. However, I want to note that while there are successes and challenges in any year, we've definitely seen some interesting ebb and flows with regard to our core business of recreation programs and services. So Brad, I'm gonna start with you. With COVID still in the picture, we've found that many of our outdoor programs have experienced some very significant growth, particularly in 2021. This includes soccer, aquatics, and several other program categories. Why do you think that we've continued to see the remarkable growth as we enter the second year of COVID challenges? Well, I think as we look back to 2021, and and especially the spring in 21, um, we saw some significant growth. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that there had been such limited activities for so long as we worked through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, students, many of the youth in the community were uh, going to school through remote learning. Uh, They didn't have those opportunities to participate in activities as we've really done for our whole lives. So uh, as Restrictions began to, to lift and we were able to begin resuming some of the activities in 2021. I think there was just that overall desire to get active again mm-hmm. uh, and to begin getting socially connected again uh, beyond just the virtual environment. And as you mentioned, we saw significant growth within uh, youth athletics, specifically soccer, but we're also seeing it in our youth basketball programs. Uh, we saw a tremendous increase with our uh, day camps last summer, mm-hmm. uh, as well as in our aquatics programs. And, and again, I go back to, uh, I think families were really looking at opportunities to get, uh, especially their children, uh, reconnected socially and to get them involved in activities. Right. It's been great to see. It has. Yeah. It has. And it, it continues to be great to see. Absolutely. Yeah. So Andrea, of course, program growth presents its own set of challenges. Can you talk about what some of those were and how you handled them? Sure. Um, I think part of the with the growth, um, it's, it's different, but when it comes on really quickly, like what we saw, it really kind of throws off all of your pre-planning. So that's the right. biggest part. But um, we're, we were faced with looking for additional space and facilities, um, which ultimately means when you do that, you have to rearrange schedules, mm-hmm. um, you know, and adjust hours of operation. So we ran into a little bit of that. Uh, we also, the increased need for supplies and equipment. Um Normally, this isn't a big deal, but with all the shipping problems, sometimes we didn't get things quite in a timely fashion, Mm -hmm. and so we just kind of had to work through that. Um, The last challenge that we're really facing, and I think this is one that's going to continue on all the way through 2022, um, is our uh, shortage of staff and the need for additional staffing. Um, It's a nationwide issue, and it's hitting Naperville, too. We're trying to do more promotion for recruiting. We've done a job fair. We're trying to stay competitive with 
with our pay. Um, we're also looking to uh, cross-train internal staff that can multi-use in different areas. So we're really trying a lot of different things uh, to curb that. Um, all in all, we're really happy to see everybody back. So we're going to do everything we can and just kind of push through these these few challenges that we have. Absolutely. And just as a note, we do explore in a, a later episode of State of the Park District some of the specific hiring challenges with HR. So that was a, it'll be a good conversation as well. So, Brad, looking at the flip side, I know that we continue to be challenged by some restrictions, which inhibits our ability to program indoors. This has resulted in some recreation program areas falling short. So can you talk more about some of those areas and what's planned to help regrow participation and revenue? Sure. Uh, A few of the areas that are a bit slower to, to rebound at this point have really been seen within our active adult and seniors program area, uh, early childhood, uh, mm-hmm. some of our special events and primarily uh, performing arts where we've not been able to do some of the large performances, theatrical performances uh, that we've been able to do prior to the, the pandemic. Um, in each of those areas, we are looking at opportunities to introduce uh, different programs, gather feedback from uh, participants within those areas. That's something that uh, we will be focused on this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, reaching out to seniors, reaching out to families that uh, that have uh, youth in early childhood programs to really gain a, a greater understanding as to the types of programs that they're interested in in seeing the park district offer, and what would make them feel better about returning to some of those in-person programs. So um, along with that, with those program areas, we've also seen uh, with our Fort Hill Fitness memberships uh, a a slow return with that facility as well. Um, And overall, we're looking at opportunities through different promotions, incentives, uh, to re-engage those uh, fitness members to to get uh, many of them to, to come back to the facility. I know that's been a challenge and kind of a frustration. So with regard to Fort Hill specifically, are we seeing kind of what's in line with what's happening with other fitness facilities across the country and as far as like a, a slow rollback? Yeah, as, as a whole, uh, the fitness industry was hit very hard with the pandemic mm-hmm. um, when there were the initial shutdowns and the, the restrictions that came along with that. Um, one of the things that we are seeing is that with the continued uh restrictions or requirements, especially for the face coverings while exercising. Right. We hear from a number of uh, our members uh, that uh, attend Fort Hill or, or are not attending Fort Hill right now that um, the face coverings while they're exercising is just something that uh, is prohibitive. So right. uh, we expect that as those restrictions begin to, to lift in the future that we will see many of those members uh, feel better about returning mm-hmm. and, and look forward to welcoming them. Um, but overall, yes, the fitness industry is a bit slower to recover, especially in some of those areas where uh, some of these restrictions uh, remain in place. Okay. So let's, we're working on kind of going into spring and summer. We're always obviously planning several months ahead. So let's talk about Centennial Beach for a minute here. With regard to memberships last year, we had a decent year. We did. So what are you anticipating for this year, understanding that a successful season at the beach is very weather dependent to, you know, add one more thing they have to worry about? It's always weather dependent. Uh, (laughs) You know, 2021, it was actually a a great year for Centennial Beach. Um, And especially coming off of 2020 when we were unable to, to open the facility. Uh, so to be able to, to bring Centennial Beach back, uh, we saw a number of our residents uh, return to the facility, very excited to, to have it reopen. Mm-hmm. We actually had membership sales that exceeded what uh, we had seen in 2018 and 2019. Um, 
And then even further, looking at our uh, aquatics programs, the swim lesson programs, mm-hmm. uh, the enrollment in those programs was up 81% That's over incredible. 2019, which uh, equates to, uh, I believe it was more than 500 uh participants more than what we had had in 2019. So um, we expect that there's going to be that continued interest uh, mm-hmm. in Centennial Beach and, and having that outdoor recreation opportunity, as well as the interest in uh, those aquatics programs. So uh, weather dependent, uh, we're, we're anticipating another good year for Centennial Beach. That's great. And it's a good segue talking about kind of continued interest. So Kevin, I'm going to shift to you with golf. You've enjoyed two exceptional years of growth in both both golf courses across the board. What are you anticipating for 2022 in golf? Yeah, the 2020 and 21 seasons were exceptional for golf participation. And uh, all signs right now are pointing to that trend continuing in 2022. Uh, Golf post-pandemic was one of the first opportunities for residents and non-residents to enjoy some sort of recreation. And with that opportunity brought not only our core golfers returning, but new golfers and golfers who've been away from the game for any number of reasons. It's been great to see our golf programs filled these past two seasons with new players, young and old, who've been introduced to the game and now are enjoying golf at our facilities on a regular basis. And what's really exciting also is to see the returning of golfers who stopped playing or reduced the number of times they played over the years, mainly due to you know other responsibilities, taking away the time they had to play golf. Um, you know, one thing the pandemic has done is kind of changed the way people have worked. Um, now with flexible schedules or working from home, these golfers now have the time to enjoy golf again. So it's great to see. And, you know, looking at forward at 2022, we see the positive signs that the growth we experienced the past two years is going to continue. We've had a very successful holiday sale with several golf packages, including range golf and lessons available and our current Brooks membership program has been in high demand. Most of our current members have already renewed, and some of, several of our we've had also several new members to the program. So everything's kind of looking positive going forward, and um, we're anticipating another successful year for golf. That's great to hear. It's been really fun, kind of in the midst of the pandemic, and so many things that have been very challenging and, and not so fun. It's been fun to see the growth of golf. And my son is one of those new golfers that took up the game. So that's really exciting to watch that too. And just to see a lot more people there, people of all ages. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Uh, We've got a whole bunch of new young golfers out there Mm -hmm. that are really enjoying the game and enjoying the time that they can spend out of the golf course. That's great. Well, I know you've got other things going on at the golf courses this coming season, specifically Springbrook. And I'm imagining our audience would like to hear about the renovations and the timelines and everything that you have planned for over there. Yeah, we actually um, had uh, a couple of things going on this past season at both our golf courses. Um, We do have the big project coming up at Springbrook, but uh, this past fall, we just completed a renovation at Naperbrook on our practice facility. Uh, We shut down the facility this past August to allow work to begin, and we completely renovated the tee and the practice green over there. Uh, both of them were completely rebuilt. We enlarged them, we improved the surface, and the goal was to provide more room and better facilities for practice and for our golf programs. Mm-hmm. Construction, we got it completed in about a month, and now we're kind of just allowing the turf to mature. And the goal is to fully open both the tee and the green sometime in late May. And we feel that golfers are really going to enjoy these updates, uh, which will provide both courses, exceptional practice facilities for people to come out and practice 
and improve their game. And then over at Springbrook, um, we're looking forward to the renovation of the golf course this year, beginning in August. Um, this project, which began planning back in 2018, will see significant changes to the nearly 50-year-old golf course as we look to improve both the infrastructure and the playability of the course. Work will see all new bunkers, tees renovated, changes some of the green surrounds. Uh, we're going to put in new bridges, new paths, and the drainage on the golf course will be updated. Uh, some of the work on the drainage actually has started already. We had people out there, contractors this fall, working on the project, kind of setting in the main lines, and then from there we'll branch out to phase two, which will be the uh, main construction in 2022. Um that's Dirt. really significant. Yeah, I mean, it that's, is. That's I mean, a lot of work. Yeah, it will be a lot of work, and unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to close the golf course August first mm-hmm. to allow all this work to uh, be uh, completed. Now, is that just the course itself? What about the driving range or your programs? How is that going to impact those things? Yeah, during that uh, time, uh, beginning August first, we're going to close the eighteen-hole golf course okay. only, and the practice facility, the putting green, the driving range, and all the golf programs at Springbrook Golf Course will still be available. And, of course, uh, everything over at Neighborbook will be fully available during this time also. Okay, great. So what kinds of challenges has golf experienced due to the tremendous growth? Because, I mean, there's, there's the good, and then there's the, you know, how do you make it work? What have you seen? Well, similar to what Andrea was talking about, we've seen, you know, the same issues that many businesses are seeing right now with staffing and uh, supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been dealing with delays or lack of availability on golf merchandise, food and beverage, and other golf-related supplies this past year. And we're not really expecting a whole lot of short-term improvement in this area. You know, the what and when of the supply issue is always kind of changing. And like Andrea mentioned, we just got to be flexible in how we adjust to those. You know, a perfect example, we're just found out that our range ball order for 2022 is going to be delayed up to several months. Oh, no. Yeah. And, you know, we do have enough on hand that we'll be able to manage this, but we're going to have to adjust the way we operate. We're going to probably have to adjust some of the staffing to make sure that we have enough range balls for the demand of, Mm -hmm. you know, this coming season until we get our new order coming in. Wow. Yeah. And then, of course, on the staffing side, we've been somewhat fortunate to have a a good core of semi-retired or retired individuals that help us out in the clubhouse. And we've had some of those folks branching off, working with us on the maintenance side of things now. But some of our areas, golf maintenance especially, and our food and beverage areas, we've had difficulties getting uh, staff in there, uh, appropriate numbers of staff. So we spent uh, much of this off-season looking at ways to entice these people to try to fill those positions. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're going to make those positions more desirable for applicants, and uh, we hope to have the appropriate staff available this season. Great. And like you said, I mean, there's something, there's kind of this commonality that flexibility is the key, and that's really been that common denominator over the last couple of years. And I think that staff as a whole has really, has risen to the challenge to be able to kind of make things work. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it just, it, it's always something new every right. day. Right. So we just got to be able to get ready. and <laughs> That it is. Andrea, I know that everyone, staff community, everyone in between, is very motivated to get back to something more normal, even though we're still in COVID times. When you look at the wide variety of programs we offer and the fact that we have something for all ages, what is the common denominator of what people have missed most about normalcy and recreation? 
Well, recreation is about being healthy and active, um, but a key component um, is socialization, which is an aspect that has been greatly uh, reduced during the last couple of years. Um, that's definitely been a challenge, not only as an organization, um, but as a community and beyond. Um, as we move toward the end of COVID, I think we'll see an even greater uh, desire to connect with others in the community. We've already seen this in our growth with our summer day camps. Mm -hmm. um, I think we'll eventually start to see this in demographics like early childhood and active adults, seniors, where participation has waned uh, due to COVID the last couple of years. Uh, socialization with others, no matter what the activity is, contributes positively to overall mental health, and that's what we need to get back to. So hopefully that's sooner rather than later. Yeah, hopefully. That's yeah. for sure. That's We've talked about that a lot, too, just overall mental health, and I think that's why like our parks, and we talked about that in a different episode, why our parks are so important, especially during the last couple of years. Yes. Yep. Sue, I'm going to turn things over to you because you've been kind of the fly on the wall listening to the conversation and everything. And obviously, everything that we've talked about, you know, golf and our programs and beach and, and everything else impacts us financially. Um, now that we've talked about some of those positive aspects and challenges, I want to get your take on where the district is. And although I recognize several areas have overperformed in participation and revenue, we're still not where we need to be growth-wise. So what do you expect the district's financial position to be by the end of this year? <laughs> that is a tough is that a question, loaded question? <laughs> to answer. Uh, but, you know, um, as you've heard, we have so many moving parts mm -hmm. uh, between programs and facilities. So at this point, to really put out a number there is literally impossible and with so much uncertainty of sure. what could change. But we have a very strong foundation um, that we've had for many years and that we do know, and that's what I can speak to. Um, every year when we budget, we budget on a conservative basis. We are able to um, pivot, and flexibility is something you had mentioned. There it is again. It is again <laughs> that we have that ability, and I'll talk mm -hmm. about that in a minute of why and our reserves. Because of the monitoring that we do, the short-term planning and long-term planning, we are looking at where we are constantly, from down to the program level, monthly, we report to the board, and where we think we're going to be, we'll start estimating at maybe mid-year. Mm -hmm. The flexibility and what is so key and why I think we have the strong foundation we do is, is number one, lots of planning to begin with. And I know you probably have an episode on all the planning we're going to be doing upcoming in 2022. Right. Yes. But that goes down to daily planning and daily monitoring and policies in place at this district that has kept us in a strong financial position and I think will continue for long-term sustainability from a fr just financial uh, viewpoint. Fund balance policies, while it may seem dry, it's a financial policy, drives the direction of this district of um, our safety net. At the beginning of the pandemic, uh, we entered into 2020 in a strong financial position. We made it through one of the most unexpected and worst years you can imagine from a financial perspective of being shut down. And we ended up we ended up okay. Mm -hmm. We ended up strong, you know, and in 2021, it carried through that same thing. 
our policies, our reserves are strong and they're conservative and, and they are followed. That sets the direction on how much we can spend and what we can do over time. And um, from the top of the board level all the way down to staff, everyone is committed to keeping those levels in place. And I'll, and I'll just wrap up with something we talk about all the time about the district and we're very, very proud of is that is our AAA bond rating, right. which through the pandemic, um, we were able to maintain that. We expect that AAA rating um, to, to carry forward. And in with that comes um, trust from the community, a good credit score, strong management. So while I can't give you where I think we're going to be, uh, my outlook is positive. I think I would speak mm -hmm. for everyone that while we are going to have challenges in some places we're not where we were, we are adjusting to that. And we will get back there at some point, and we will we'll continue to be in the financial position we're in, which is very strong. That's such a great story. And it's so important for staff and community alike to really understand that, that we're an organization that's built on good stewardship, you know, whether it's you know, our resources, including finances. And I think that's really a testament to why we've been able to weather this storm for something so unexpected as the pandemic that we've been able to, to get through it. It's like true. Have. And it's a consistent, it's a consistent style that you budget and you manage to, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and to meet community expectations, which is the other side of, of that and stewardships of, exactly. uh, of tax dollars that we take very seriously, uh, which is our main funding source. So, um, yeah, it all comes together, and it's consistent year after year, mm -hmm. and it puts us in a position that we can we can meet demands even in challenging situations. And I think that's a great place to end our conversation. So I'd like to thank my guests, Andrea, Kevin, Brad, and Sue. Appreciated our lively and informative conversation, and I certainly echo the optimism for a better year ahead for everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.